All right, you ready to get started? Yep, here we are again, episode four. Episode four. I know, I know, we've done it. Wonderful. Hi, everybody. My name is Noni Lamar. And my name is Thea Monier. And this is All Heart Podcast. We are a platform dedicated to healing the culture through joy and pleasure. Pleasure, 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 pleasure. It has to be said that way <laughs> for people to really understand. How you doing, Thea? I'm good. I'm feeling good. I mean, we we, we have Mercury is out of retrograde. It is out, it is official. <sighs> it's official. It's official, and I already feel the clearer communication. I do too. I feel like signing a contract. You oh, know? Snap. I, I feel like oh, snap. you know all kind of things happen with Mercury. You know, I don't talk about all my Mercury retrograde stuff when it's happening because I just feel like it just feeds it. Right. But like, I definitely <laughs> am in a rental car. You feel me? Right. Right. Like, I right. definitely hit. Some I didn't shit. ask any questions about how that happened. Yeah. I just got in the car and acted like everything was normal. I definitely had a lot of miscommunication. Yeah, it was I a lot of arguing. Arguing, old shit coming up. Yeah, old drama. Old shit. That's Saturn, though. Usually the old shit, isn't it? But Mercury was like, I'm gonna just um, throw it in for, Mer- for pleasure. Mercury brings back around. You know, mm. well, actually, you're right. You could hear some old shit revisiting, yeah. but it was more of the Venus retrograde where you see old uh, lovers. Yeah, particularly. I don't get that because I don't stay I don't stay connected. Well, it's coming up, so you better buckle up. Is it you coming up? Venus retrograde's coming up. This is turning into astrology podcast again. I know. Here we go. <laughs> a very marginal one. <laughs> but I'm excited about Mars coming out of retrograde because that's the one too. I feel like has been really it's my been, But now it's time to go, go, go. Time to get that money. After that's the 27th, right? That one comes out. Ooh, look at you. I know. I know. I, mean, you know, I don't even know. What after the last time, I was like, you know what? I need to brush up. <laughs> so yeah, that's the 27th. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Then. I know because I needed to go away. You know, I'm a very productive person. This has been really rough to be like. I just don't feel like it. Man, you know what? It's just like a reprieve for me. You feel me? Like I, I'm just like I need to okay. treat it that way. Yeah, like I already. It's, it didn't feel any less busy. It just felt like oh, I can have more room to mother. Wait a minute. There's some more cooking that. I can do. Was I less busy? That's what I'm saying. You're a mom. You have three children. How are you ever less? We busy? ate out a lot. I'm saying during this Mars. <laughs> Retrograde. I was just like, I don't even feel like cooking for y'all, but like shopping for y'all. I'm about to share that Instacart, uh, that Instacart code with you. Oh, I've done it. You have? I have done it. I like trying to find somebody to get my code to so I can get my $10. (laughs) <laughs> is that what that was about? Yeah. No, yeah, I thought. I thought it was every time super. I'm like, I'm like talking to people casually. I'm like, oh, I use Instacart. Do you? That's just like my like real life ad. No, I have used Instacart, but I, you know, they like to deliver from like the more expensive markets. Oh, I use Sprouts. You don't go to Sprouts? That's not deliverable by me. I have to recheck who does it. I like the Vallarta because I like my fresh guacamole and agua frescas, mm. but. But you know, too, I also like send them like instructions. Like you're, like I'm no, very. I would detailed. not want to be your Instacart <laughs> delivery person. I was like, I'm this like, one needs to come get her own shit right here. I'm like, you should see. She's telling me how to say, squeeze yep, the fruit. This is what I says. It's like I only want a seeded watermelon. Do not bring a seedless oh watermelon to my house. To my house. It needs to be a decent size. 
tap on it. Tap Make on sure it. it sounds hollow. If you are unsure, go ask the produce manager. You think I'm playing? No, says, I know you're not. <laughs> that is the part about this that's making it even more amazing. Is that like I know you feel nothing about laying Look. a six-page essay on the Instacart Look. person. Until you get a mushy ass watermelon, then you'll be like, I just wasted $4.99 I feel on like a mushy watermelon. And you can't just throw a watermelon away. No. It's not something like, oh, this is a bad banana. It takes up a lot of space. It does. You gotta no, be intentional. No, it does. I think I, they kept, like, one time I had them and they kept, like, telling me what they was replacing my shit with. And I was like, I mean, like. Oh, girl, you like, better leave some instructions. Do not replace shit without texting me first. No, they send you the little notification, but it's like I'm not there to even say like what <laughs> oh, no, I would no, want no, in no, place no. of. I'm, I'm like, I tell all my kids, Umi shopping right now. So while they're in the kids. store, I'm right you there. You be with them. Yeah, I'm. I'm shop- I'm at the grocery store. Is what I tell them. I'm really. Um, I'm just like chilling. I, <sighs> on I'm on my bed. Yeah. I need to relook at which stores they do it from because if they do it from Vallarta, that could be a game changer. <laughs> I like Vallarta. That's that's your Latin side. That's, yeah, they got a new one in Pasadena, and I'm like, yes, that's your Panamanian. Decent, decent come prices, a, good music, taqueria, all the fresh tortillas, the aqua frescas. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, guacamole samples. I know what that guacamole tastes like. I still take the samples every time. <laughs> every time. I, I can't lie. Like I prefer, I prefer a good Latin American yeah, I'm market. Just telling you, man. I prefer, it's a good thing. I prefer it. I mean, when I go to Ralph's, I feel like y'all don't do nothing for me up in here like they do. El El Super. Uh, El Super. And they got good prices. Cardenas. Good prices. Cardenas got good prices. And they, it's and, a big difference. And and you can get you some platano. Yes. You know I can. us. You know what I'm saying? I can. So don't I, you, you made some like the that? other day. Yeah, don't I'm, you you feel like that like when you're cuz we're like children of immigrants. Mm-hmm. All black immigrants no matter where you're from, you they need platano. Absolutely. <laughs> I got some the other day and made it. And Alexis is like, "Can I get more of that like fried plantain?" I said, "Plantain." Plantain. <laughs> None understand. It's not just a fried banana. This is this is this from is the next people. level. Yeah, this is from my people. You are eating your ancestry right and now. And when I try to go to Sprouts and get some plantain, no, and it's no. like green and hard. It's just do they even have it? I sometimes I haven't even seen it. I mean, it's just all kind. You get a ton of different types of chili peppers, every type of bean you can think of. It's kind of bomb. It is. I'm just saying. And, I, and the price is Vons. Right. It made Vons feel hella basic. Oh, I don't shop or there. Ralph's. You know, I'm like all that. I, I don't shop. <laughs> it made I don't me very basic. You know what killed me at the Sprouts the last time I went to Sprouts? This is a true story. I went to Sprouts and there was a dog outside. Somebody had left tied up outside and it was a hot day. And so, you know, this white lady comes running in and she's like, um, does anybody have a bowl or something? This poor animal's out here with like no water. And so everybody's like, yeah, let's find a bowl to you know, see like two, three people rally together to get this bowl to give mm. the dog some water, which is mm. appropriate, right? Wonderful. I walk outside and I see a black woman in the parking lot mm. asking, <laughs> asking for food. 
And I watched these same people walk past her like she ain't worth a dog's bowl of water. Do you I, understand? I feel like this is like I feel like this type of shit never happens to me. Like this, but it happens always happens. So, and I was like, these mother. You know, I just was like, of course, I gave her did. like strawberries and some fruit. Of course, he did. No, let me tell you something. I watched her eat them strawberries. You know how kids look like when they get an ice cream cone. Mm-hmm. She looked so happy to have those strawberries, and I drove away from there mad as fuck. <laughs> like I haven't been, I haven't pulled back in that parking lot since that day. And you're a dog person. I'm a dog. It's not the dog's fault. I'm just asking because I'm not a dog. Person. In the in the week that Trump referred to a black woman as a dog, okay, we're, it's all okay. coming full circle. Uh-oh. It's all okay, coming full circle. Okay, because you know we got to talk about that. So let me let me do my heart to heart first because I know what yours is. Mm-hmm. I know what's on your heart, Thea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what's on your heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about my heart to heart, and it's about my current food obsession. I'm going to always share my food obsessions mm-hmm. here because. That's kind of at the top the top of my heart list, you know, almost every week. So right now, I'm back on my medicinal mushrooms and my seaweeds, okay? Tony, every time you share something, I feel like, what kind of specialized listen, app do I need to purchase to listen, buy these things? I'm going to let you know. You go on that Instacart. Instacart. You go ahead and put in Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane, Four Sigmatic Chaga. Four Sigmatic Cordyceps. They have it there, right? At Sprouts. It's very accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It comes in a little packet. See, before I used to make fresh chaga, fresh reishi. I used to make all the medicinal mushroom tonics right at home. Where, like the chaga, like I would do a low boil for like 48 hours. What? I mean, it's, it's, it's I would, a thing. I would do it in a slow cooker, mm-hmm. but still, like I would be paying attention to mm-hmm. it and have, you know, to go through the whole ceremony. They made it convenient for me. They got us in a little packet. You just rip it open, put it in the, in a little cup. You pour some hot water, and you have your medicinal mushroom right there. Lion's mane helps now you. Tell with, me what. Yeah, tell me what. Okay, they do. so I'll tell you what they do. So, what I use them for, I use reishi. Was always like my first entry into medicinal mushrooms. So reishi is something that really makes you feel chill. Like during the holidays, when I'm having like a holiday party at Mm -hmm. my house or something, you know, I don't celebrate traditional holidays, Mm -hmm. but when I have my little winter solstice party Mm -hmm. at my house and I invite all of my family over, I make a special brew so niggas don't fight or Mm -hmm. give each other attitude or Mm -hmm. get on my nerves. Mm -hmm. So I make like a reishi chocolate elixir where I take like these strips of reishi mushroom and put them with like... Some water mm-hmm. or some coconut milk and some some cacao and some sweetener. And I make like this beautiful tea. But that reishi makes you just chill. Mm, I need it's like that. smoking just a big fat blunt. Like it's just a really chill, chillax, relax. I need that for my house. Your kids can also drink reishi. They will be drinking reishi. Yeah, so reishi is wonderful. And then... Chaga, that's the other side of it. That gets you energy energy mm-hmm. up. That's like, for me, it's a coffee replacement. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the one, cordyceps, I can't really, I'm kind of out to lunch on cordyceps. Mm-hmm. Personally, I can't tell the difference in my body. Other people have, you know, feedback about what it does for them. I'm not going to speak to what I don't experience. But lion's mane is my new one. 
his lion's mane really makes me focus mm. and have that. You know, there's a difference between being like woke and like being woke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you're like completely awake and very focused in on each thing that you're doing. And mm. it's like it clears up like that brain the fog. fog. Right. And that's the lion's mane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The lion's mane. So I like the Four Sigmatic brand because um, it, it kind of it makes it just so convenient. Mm-hmm. I was at a girlfriend's house. She had it. And I started drinking it for a few days and I was like, huh, I always thought it was going to be like not real medicinal mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like being snobby about Mm -hmm. it, but it's real deal. And they have it mixed with coffee, too, if you're a coffee drinker. Mm -hmm. I'm not. So but they have like mushroom tea with coffee and it kind of like cuts the the caffeine in half Mm -hmm. and gives you, you know, the chaga or the lion's mane together with the coffee. So I really, really love those blends. To write those names down. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it in the description box. And then the other thing that I've been back on are my seaweeds, because there's a thing like especially if you've been plant based for a long time, which I lived my life plant based for a long time. um, You are not getting enough iodine in your diet. Mm -hmm. And so you, Thea, I know Mm -hmm. that you're newly plant based over the last year or so. It's really important to have seaweed in your diet. Now, there's lots of people who feel like the sea is contaminated, but there's certain certain seaweeds that actually pull the radiation out of your body. Mm. And those are like bladder whack. Okay. The ones that I use. Yeah. So I use that and I use um, Irish sea moss Mm -hmm. or purple sea moss Mm -hmm. and kelp. And those three to me, like folks in my family that have like thyroid issues, Mm -hmm. like those thyroid issues oftentimes can be a result of not having enough iodine Uh, in the diet. And so before you get to that level, like it's really important to have that as a supplement. You've told about the bladder whack, I think before we actually might even have some of that Mm-hmm. At the house, I'm going to double check. And I think you're talking about the Irish moss. Mm-hmm. You can mix them. Yeah. I mean, the bladder rack tastes like, Yeah, I mean, the really. It's real. <laughs> I, I think I had it in a capsule form. Yeah, you can take it like yeah. that. You can take it in different ways. But I'll share also in the description box where to find that. But those two, for me, you know, I'm really back on my herb tip. Like, good. I've been thinking a lot about what does it mean to be a master and mm-hmm. what have I mastered in life. Mm. Especially like where I'm at age wise in my life, I'm like, okay, am I going to know about herbs or am I going to fully master like them? Be an herbalist. Be an herbalist. Yeah. Be yeah. a master, yeah. master herbalist. And I think oftentimes we think we need to use it as some sort of like um, commodity, the things that we master. Mm. And because I never saw myself as someone who was going to be charging people to be an herbalist, right. I didn't dedicate myself in that mm. way. But I'm starting to rethink the way I, I think about herbs and healing um, the body because I have children. And yeah. so I'm like, you know, I'm teaching my children. What do I want to teach them? I want to teach them about how to heal themselves. Yeah. I want to teach them if we're, if we're learning about science and we're learning about about plants, yeah. let's learn about herbs. Let's learn about especially now the quality of our food. It's our food quality, so depressing. Our food quality sucks, and it's so, so depressing. we need these nutrients. Yeah, we need we need these minerals, especially melanated people, black folks, yeah. brown folks. We and how do you need- heal the culture with with such a depressing food environment? Exactly. Right? Whether it's about accessibility, knowledge, information, education, or just even motivation, like yeah. those all those barriers. When we know it's there, but you know that's all about keeping people from mobilizing. Yeah. It's true. But, you know, the, our herbal allies are really there to mm. help meet those gaps. Absolutely. That are not being met at the grocery store. Absolutely. You know, so for me, like, 
especially those mushrooms and those seaweeds. I'm just going okay, back I'm to I'm going to join you in the mushroom movement. No, you know I have to. <laughs> I have to do it because I'm just saying. everything you told me to do, I've bought, I've done. I always follow through. I'm, I'm but saying. I just got to check on that bladder whack. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have that at the house. Yeah, bladder whack, kelp. And like all those, all those things I mentioned, those things do so much more for my body than kale. Mm. Like kale is awesome. But these things are giving me like the, life. They're giving me life. They're helping. They're giving mm. me amino acids. They're giving me building blocks. Down. They're changing. See, like the reishi and the um, the chaga. Those things they adapt. They're called adaptogens. So they adapt to what your body needs. Mm-hmm. You're, they go in. They're like I little like computers. I could see like multiple ways of using them throughout just a single day. Mm-hmm. Like the reishi heals the heart, for instance, you know, like I was really just like digging deep into the reishi mushroom and how much the Chinese looked at it as like the plant, Mm -hmm. you know, to to worship almost. And a lot had to do with what it does for opening up that heart chakra Mm. and and providing Mm. more room and space for love and compassion and tenderness, like. Just work with one of them, you yeah. know. Like to me, one I would start with yeah. I would start with Reishi. That's like, what I'm start with. I would start with Reishi. You, know lion, you know how I am. I'm a Leo. <laughs> I know you. And you told me about that lions, man. I was like, I think I need to get that too. I think I'm gonna need that. Yeah, I mean, do them especially once Mars comes out. Of yeah, one in the morning, one at night. But get you a little Reishi tea to calm down at the end of the night. Yeah, that'll be good for the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then do my lions, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Thea, I'm gonna follow through. What is on your heart today? I'm going to open with an excerpt (laughs) that will get us in the mood for what we're going to discuss. Okay. I had a short time to prepare before the show started taping in New York. Hmm. Kevin and Irvin were so excited for me. They became my two drill sergeants and helped prepare me for the competition by buying me books and researching everything they could find about Donald Trump. I read Trump's The Art of the Deal and The Art of the Comeback several times. I read every Trump magazine profile and interview. I watched videos of his TV interviews. The winner would be the person who understood Trump's business style, his negotiation style, his machismo, his boldness, Mm. his brashness. Mm. To do that, I would need to become a mirror and reflect a female version of him. Imitation is... The sincerest form of flattery, after all. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Those are the words of Amarosa Manigault Newman in her new book, Unhinged. So let me tell you something, folks, before you judge me, okay? Because, one, you should know I'm not judgeable. I'm totally not judgeable. You're not judgeable. I'm not judgeable. Do you remember once we got in an argument and I said something about, like, I just feel like you judge it, you being judgmental, you're like, some people need judging. <laughs> I was That's like, hell yes. We were, I, ne- <laughs> I never forgot that. I and was now like, you've met a lot of them. And you told me, too, you were like, you're too afraid to judge. You better, <laughs> because that was our like, 20s, man. Our 20s, everybody was like, you can't judge. Every time you gave somebody feedback, okay, bitch, you on the streets, you know, your family won't talk to you, uh, you know, but then if I say, hey, maybe we should consider, it was like, well, you're judging me. It's like, you're on, what, 
Said, How can I be your friend like, and you not tell you when you're judging. off? The, <laughs> need some judging. How can I be your friend and I let this happen and I say look, nothing? Look, ladies and gentlemen, and all, and all, who, and all, no matter how you identify, me and Thea, we real friends. We we have fought. <laughs> we have we go way back. We have made up. We have cried. Oh, we have lived together. We've done it we've, all. We've done it all. She said. You need some judging, and she was right. You need some judging at the time. Right I was like, man, fuck that. I don't use. I don't do it all the time. But can can you imagine? I was out. I was out no, there. They, I was out but there. But everybody was, and so that's my point. Like I was like, this is a world with no judgment. Everybody's run amok. This is chaos. You're ahead of where, your time. I was like, where are the lines? You were a grown up before we all were. I was like, my God, I you've was. always been a grown. up I've always been, came out a grown up. It took me. A I came while. out balancing a checkbook. <laughs> Back when there were checkbooks. Okay, so let's go to your heart to heart. It's about it's about Omarosa. So let okay. me tell y'all something again. Like I'm unjudgeable. So here's the bottom line. Day one. If you don't know what day one looked like, this is when she wore her yellow outfits. <laughs> because day one, all the outfits were yellow. Okay. For our to put it into context, Omarosa wrote a book called Unhinged, and she just out here dropping hella tea. secret tapes <laughs> like they mixtapes. She's she's no limit. She's she's <sighs> dropping so many tapes. Literally, tapes. I mean, I was on some other shit. You know, I was. Did you go thinking, down the rabbit hole? Yeah, with but it? I wasn't even thinking about this mm-hmm. right. And then I was just on some whole other like personal stuff. And then I was sitting outside. Like trying to like help my dad get in the ambulance, and then Thea's talking about Omarosa. I'm like, what is she talking about Omarosa? Like, I was trying, right to, I was trying to give like, you joy. This is a, joy se- this, is a this is a sellout. What is she talking to me about this? I was just like, whatever. And then I went home and was like, wait, there got to be a reason she there's, brought there's this so up. So many things to this. And then once I went down that rabbit hole, baby, <sighs> like it's amazing. It's amazing. This she dropped some new shit today. Oh. I know, I know, I know. I want y'all to know, day one, I was with you all. Okay. I was like, ain't nobody got time for Omarosa. Mm. Everybody's like, Omarosa's doing this. I didn't even know she wore yellow that day. I wasn't paying attention. I was like, she's gone. We kicked her out the party a long time ago. Day two, my mom was like, no, you have to sit and listen to like one interview. Your mama. My mama. Oh, my mama's hardcore. This. <laughs> like, it's super hardcore. So I was like, okay. So we sat down. I said, I'll watch this one interview. You know, and I already got my... Black women, I'm done with you. I ain't got time for this shit. Look on my face. Right. And then this was her pink day. So everything was like shades of pink. I waited through the whole interview and I was like, she don't look crazy. Like she normally looks crazy. Like her face is really tight and she's squeezing these lines mm. and these lies and dodging the truth. And she seems crazy. Like right. you you know we're talking about Amrose. Why are you acting like you don't know what we're talking about? <laughs> but this time, because... She hasn't had to lie. Right. She looks completely relaxed. She looked at peace. At not only at peace, <laughs> but she looked like the cat who ate the canary. She um, you're right. She looked eager. She looked like it was delicious. Del- it's still she, delicious. she looks like this is delicious. She's like, this tea. <laughs> this tea is the best tea. And she knows she's the best tea maker in the country right now. She's like, everybody wants my shit. And she's right. So here's the thing. One, she does not like to interview with white women. And it's actually just kind of exciting to watch her do it because she shuts them down. She shuts them all the way down. But you know what really tripped me out when I saw these two different interviews? I, I'm sure we can link to the description yeah. to these interviews. They're on YouTube. I was 
really tripping about how aggressive they are with her. So aggressive. They did, and and you know that's why she told him calm down. She told him calm down. And you know down. they always call us the aggressive one. So to watch her be like Poised. calm down, and not only that, she was like. Um, you you know the interview is seven minutes and I've given you ten. So basically she's like, I've been generous. Okay, so this is the question I have for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you think because, you know, coming up as a baby activist, mm-hmm. you kinda had two paths, right? You could go completely Angela Davis, Afro, fist in the air, let everybody know you come in dead press, I'm an African, mm-hmm. I'm a mm-hmm. you know, you go that way. Or you could spook. Mm-hmm. You could be the spook who mm-hmm. sat by, by the, the door, door. Mm-hmm. And I really remember thinking about mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. do Are you subversive? Should it be subversive? Should you Dismantle you the master's house with his own tools? Yeah, which which I think it's Audrey Lord said you can't So, but when I see Omarosa I've right. always just read like Oh, sell out But now it's getting so much more complicated Absolutely. I've been asking myself How long has she had this plan? One, yeah. two, This is this is, I yes. want to know your opinions do you think she's had this plan all along? Uh, and two, do you think that this is about her hmm. or is it about black people? So in the first chapter of her book, you really read like the making of her mentality. Yeah. She suffered some childhood traumas, the murder of her dad, the loss of her cousin who was three in a fire. The whole house, whole family was in that house. Only the three-year-old didn't make it. All this really, and she lived in, in abject poverty. You know, she talks about, she has this one line that also made me like have to respect her. She was like, as far as I know, the U.S. is the only country that has separate currency for its poor. And she was referring to food stamps and how at the moment you use it, you're identified publicly as poor um. and that stigma. And she's like, what, what, I don't know another country that does that, you know? So the stigma of that and the losses, and and she says, I made up in my mind that I was never going to lose anything ever again. And her brother went the path of like joining gangs and all those types of things. But I think she became a different type of gangster. Like she Where's threw she herself, from? Youngston, Ohio. Huh. She threw herself into anything competitive, anything athletic, beauty pageants. She wanted to be the best. She wanted to go up against the best. Like she wanted, Wait, that was her way of. I need to put a pin here. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt, but um. Did you see her eyebrows? I mean, they were, on point. They were amazing. They were, and they, when I was looking at, about at her foundation, yeah. Yeah. I was like, is yeah. this Fenty? Right. We had so many questions. Is this Iman? The lip color, too. She had, like, You know what I... No, let me let's say this. Because she's a special kind of chocolate color. So you're going to need a particular shade of foundation that's not going to wash you out. And it was just... Velvety. And they try to put our chocolate sisters always in some Carmex. Right. So when she came out with them berry lips, <laughs> I said, you bet to come out here with chocolate skin and berry lips. Right. I appreciated it. She reminded me the way she's moving is a lot like if you like Olivia Pope from Scandal and you like Annalise Keating from How to Get Away with Murder, you she's can't a- be mad that you see in some form of that. In real life. In real life. And so I really think she her mentality is very much... There's no losing is not an option. I do think because of her strong family connections, you know, let let's be one let's be one hundred. Can we one hundred for a minute? Of course. If she was a black man, mm. this would be different. OJ wore a dashiki to the Million Man March after <laughs> he got out of prison. After 
he said he wasn't black after he married and kept going with countless white women. Like there was just a lot going on with OJ, and, and folks were still trying to give him passes, right? Well, well, but, but, but he was also a, an amazing athlete. Let's great. Let, she let, was also. <laughs> she's also. She's actually. So she went to two HBCUs. Okay, right. Her work has been done in that realm. Like she's worked around okay. finding opportunities for black people. So I think. So she reminds me of like a Condoleezza Rice, okay. like a person who feels like I own my black skin. She's like, my name is Nigerian. I have never denied where I am from. Her husband's a black. So she's just like, I'm very. Did tight. you say husband's plural? Because, you know, she's been divorced. <laughs> she's been divorced. Go ahead. Um, Rosa Tan. She's been Dude, divorced. She's Wait, divorced. she's Nigerian? No, her name. <laughs> Her name is Nigerian. A whole other perspective. Right. Her okay. name is Nigerian. Let the African come. Let the African come. Let me put you at ease. Her name is Nigerian. But basically, she was like, if I was going to hide my identity, you know, this, these would have been ways to do it. I think they think that me being black in these spaces elevates black people. Me being black and trying to obtain certain levels of power within a white power structure is elevation of black. People that's now spook- that's spooking, right? That's spooking. That's spookin'. that's now I is. think there's a part of that that's real for her, but here's where I think things might have shifted. I, I think a couple things. So, is it, is so it, in the book, the, wait, hold on. Is this the G Wiz? This is the G Wiz. Okay. Because in the book, you get a mixture of like there is a part of her that authentically loves, and she's very close to her family. She's very close to the black people in her life, but there's a part of her that's also like I'm going to be famous. And remembered for something great. So there, there is a drive that is purely about Amorosa. And she has these moments where she'll she'll have this great paragraph and then she'll put in parentheses, I always knew that I was somebody who... It's like, why are you talking about yourself in third person, Amorosa? See, this right here, this is the stuff that makes it crazy. So I, so I think that that's how she saw herself pushing forward because what she wasn't going to be again was poor. Mm-hmm. What she wasn't going to be again is like identifiably less than other people, which is what she experienced as a child. And she didn't want to be in a position of any other losses where I think things went left for her a couple of times. One is, you know, she worked with the Clinton uh, White House during the whole Monica Lewinsky scandal. Mm. She talks in her book about being disappointed about Hillary Clinton's <clears throat> response to that because she expected her to come out here and not be the supportive wife when they all knew what was had been happening. But when she did, she's like, you know, I lost some respect for her. She also worked with Gore's campaign. She's the, a career... Poli- she's worked in politics. I think that she expected to be called into the Clinton campaign, and she was not. And so I think a little bit of her working with Trump was that. Uh, She hints at it. That's some of it. But the other thing is when they fired her from the Trump White House, it triggered mm. a part of her that was like, Mm. here's what you ain't going to do. See, this is the part where I felt like, oh, he actually might go down off the back of this black woman. Like, Listen, she, or she, has, she will die trying. She I will. have no doubt because she has two choices. To be remembered as the woman who was kicked out of the White House, the black woman kicked out of the White House of the most incompetent president we have yet to see, right? Right. That could be her legacy. Or she could be the bitch who took him down. She has decided. To kick him out. It feels kick, like she's like, you don't kick me out. 
I'ma kick you I'm out. And I want it quiet as kept. I'm gonna tell you this. Quiet as kept. <laughs> I know this is gonna sound like a lot, but check this out. Her husband campaigned for Hillary Clinton. Her husband is a big time preacher in Jacksonville, Florida. Big congregation. I was watching the news this morning. They were talking about her, and there's a, there's a black woman speaking about it, and she said, "Listen, all I know is that this morning it was a guest preacher at my church, and they were talking about." Trump calling her a dog, and how no matter how we feel about Omarosa, we cannot let anyone disrespect a black woman that way, president or no, right? And and that called her a a dog, dog, right? She can use the power of the pulpit. See, black people can be we can be won back over. We talked about forgiveness last time. (laughs) So far, if you want to come back, you know, OJ came back real entitled and ignorant. She knows how to come back. She come bearing gifts. First, she brought us tea. Yes. She brought us good tea. She's speaking to us. That's the part that trips me out is when she's talking, she's talking to us. Yeah. She's giving us the wink and yes. the smile while she's yes. talking because she's speaking in our in language. language. But then she has the white newscasters now saying, but she has receipts. <laughs> so she's not just speaking to us. She's training them to use her language and keep her the news story, but also she has the power of the pulpit behind her. So if you know how it is, black folks, if there if if it comes from the pulpit, you gonna get ninety percent of them folks right. to shift their mindset about a person. Question, do you think she owes black people an apology? One of the first things she said when they tried to come for her, they were like, Well you you participate. She said, I was complicit and I have regrets. <laughs> And I was like, well, next question. I mean, what what she said. That's not an apology. It's not an apology. And she has not done an apology. But I think she would because when she's interviewed by black people, she's different. Hmm. She's she's a, she's a lot she less guarded. She is. She's a lot calm. She answers the same way, but it's 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 more relaxed. Mm-hmm. She her answers don't really shift that much, but the way she engages them is a lot more lighthearted. So I really think who she's trying to win over in a lot of ways is black people because she knows we go hard for whatever we go hard for, like point blank, you know. And I've seen quite a divide. Like I've seen, you know, in oh, my social people media, just throw her out the people door. are like, some people are like, call a dog a dog, call a bitch a bitch. That's wow. what she is. Jeez, I mean, that's hard. I, 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 follow, I follow a lot of different kinds of people. You do. Thank you very you much. Do. You do. You I do. like to follow the world. You, you know, do. I like a good cross section of, of opinions. Mm-hmm. There are definitely people that are like, you know, as much as we don't fuck with her, you can't call her a dog. Well, and here's my bottom line, right? If she can take down 45. Wow. I'm going to make her a plate <laughs> at the cookout. I don't give a shit. The FBI couldn't do it. Russia couldn't do it. Protesting couldn't do it. But what she's going after is his celebrity. Well, she has the text, the email. She said, I heard she got video. I heard she got video. Oh, she, got- she was. How are you gonna be in a situation room? It's time to move on. But how are you gonna be in the situation room? Recording. No, let me tell you something. I get so nervous, even just like lying about some basic shit, like like, like, like my tire, my yeah. tire's flat. Like oh, I had a flat tire. Like oh, like I get nervous. I don't know how calculated and cunning you have to be, and sure, to walk into the situation room with a recording device. And to have had, listen, we're talking about high quality. We record a podcast. Right. Sound is important. Yeah. The sound has been impeccable. You would think she was really recording albums. Look, Omarosa is really proving to me that right and wrong 
good and Wait, bad. What did my friend Food say yesterday? He said, "Go ahead, tell him." He, he told said, it to me. He said, "When how do you play straight in the cricket game? You turn the board crooked and you play straight. Like I, she is turning the board crooked." And she's playing, she's playing herself. She wants to be famous. She's a smarter, more controlled Trump. She's done beauty pageants. She's an athlete. She's uniquely qualified to I think be she, his nemesis. I, I think and she, we I knew think it was going to be a black woman I think deep she, in our hearts. I think she wants that presidency. Girl, okay, I just said that. I, I think just she said that. And that's why the power of the pulpit is so important, because that's literally where the Democratic Party Pushes its baits from. I think she wanted. Okay, let's let's move on. But I highly suggest all of yeah, y'all. Yeah, please get do on, watch. It. I know you're probably thinking I ain't got time for this. Just take a break. <laughs> I had one of the best laughs I've had all week watching her. Watch it. Just <laughs> tear new assholes yeah. into people yeah. while she's selling her book. But she's, she's selling so a book. Good. When they okay, last thing that there was, she was on one show and they had just dropped this RNC video about her, where they had a montage of her saying how much she loved Trump and all this stuff, right? Montage. And at the end of it, they say, "Guess she forgot about these tapes." I was like, "Whoa, oh, shots fired! Shots fired!" That. So then they asked her, "What do you think of that tape?" She said, "Well, I can understand why they would put that video together because it comprises the zero point zero four percent diversity that they have in the RNC. If I was them, I would keep playing that tape over and over again because I was the best thing that ever happened to them. And if that's the best tape they have, I got tapes better than that." And then she just left it there. <laughs> Now listen, again, black people are very forgiving, but you got to come back right. You got to come back with tea, and we respect the shit out of gangster. She she is a she is a shark. Nobody's saying everybody's she, like I don't I, I don't I'm like not, her. I'm, I want to be clear. I'm I'm it's not. The, we don't like her, I'm but not we do a fan respect. of her. I'm not a fan of her, but I am watching her and I am taking notes. <laughs> and I'm taking that is notes. what I have to say. I'm watching her and I am taking and I respect notes. gangster and I love tea. <laughs> I also love petty, and she being hella petty too. I don't love petty. <laughs> oh, not even a little bit. No, you know I'm not. I'm, oh I'm just not God, petty. I'm just not. I can't. I mean, be, I'm not I'm, supposed to be petty, but I like when I see it happen, I chuckle. Look, I'm gonna be real with you. I I'm, chuckle. I've been petty in my life. Okay, I have petty moments. Is that the twenties? <laughs> no, that's, that was recent. That, that's a rom- <laughs> in, in romance. I could be petty, mm-hmm. but in general, nah. So you don't see a good petty moment. <laughs> like when she told her, calm down. Don't get too excited. I did love that. That was amazing. <laughs> is all I'm saying. That's it. Okay, we're moving on. All right. So our main topic today is we are going to talk about the highly touted <laughs> concept of self-care. This is something that, you know, kind of gets under my skin to I be quite this. honest. I can see. This obsession with self-care in this. In, in the wellness community. The capitalization of... Hashtag self-care. That's what we're talking about today. Hashtag self-care. We'll get it started, no, because you, you introduced this one. Okay, so, you know, I feel like right now that people are like, well, have you done your self-care? Have you... Like you say, I'm, I'm such a mess, I'm so sad, and they're like, well, have you done your self-care? <laughs> And self-care is starting to feel to me, or it has felt to me, like a chore. Yeah. Is it self-care or is it 
selfish. I feel like sometimes self-care is something that people do for performance. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes self-care is something that people do because they feel like they're supposed to. And it's just like... And that they can't complain about anything or they can't feel bad about anything until after they've done that and then still feel the pain or still feel the thing. Right. And thirdly, I think that self-care is Mm self-indulgent at certain points and that we're giving ourselves permission to be selfish and at the expense of others in the name of self-care. Like, I'll give you an example of this last one because it might be the most controversial. I think that this idea of cutting people off when you they no longer serve you mm. hashtag self care i think that's garbage mm-hmm. i think it's trash i don't have any time for it you don't learn your lesson you're mm-hmm. just going to go ahead and attract mm-hmm. the same kind of shit all over again mm-hmm. you're going to have that cuz if you don't learn something mm-hmm. you you're just going to have the same lesson in another body and another skin in another situation like it's not working out with you amethia you out right hashtag self-care hashtag self-care. like really well and i think the problem with the hashtag self-care idea is that it doesn't it doesn't give context because really in that case self-care would be boundaries right yeah. which is if you're talking about boundaries Wonderful. that's very different um because there are people who can be toxic and there's people you need to like you know move away from or set certain boundaries with. But like you said, the boundaries implies that there's a lesson to be learned about why you were in this relationship with this person to even begin with, right. why you had attracted this person into your life to begin with. Not a The victim. cutting off implies that the problem is solely this person. And once you cut them off, you will no longer have the problem, which is not accurate. Which is a victim mentality. Yeah. And I feel like I'm here to be a champion. So yeah. I'm not into this idea of... It's not working out with you. I don't like how this is going. Yeah. And so in the name of my own self-care, I'm going to freeze you out. Like, that sounds I, crazy to I me. I feel like, and I don't know how to say this. Good Lord, I don't want to jump down this rabbit hole with you. But <laughs> I feel like that comes up a lot. And I don't know. I'm not in white spaces, you know. Hashtag self care. I'm. I'm. You're I, ridiculous. I, I don't. I can't. I can't I be in spaces that where you have to do a lot of teaching and explaining. But I do feel like in marginalized spaces, and especially if there's multiple intersection of marginalization, mm-hmm. marginalization, that can be really. That's a big thing. I it see. is a, that 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 it, like cutting off and like mm-hmm. very very radicalized approaches to relationship and like. But that's people, that space where people say you judge them if you hold them accountable. But but people post about this. People mm-hmm. encourage other people in the name of self care. If it's not if their relationships that aren't working out for you, cut them off. Now I'm all about great boundaries. Yes, I'm all about say goodbye. Yeah, but say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. have the have the process. Go have, through the process. Go through the process. Yeah. Have the difficult conversation. Yeah. Make a decision to say you know what, I can't learn this lesson with you. Yeah. I can't. I'm willing to go to another place and learn this lesson with somebody else. It's not working out with me and you. But be clear. Yes. Be a grown up. I do a um, whole workshop on how to break up because I was getting so many people in my office who had been ghosted. And like that, that wasn't 
you know, they didn't get that moment. So I decided, oh, maybe people just forgot how to have a conversation <laughs> and break up with people. Um, and I call it the healthy breakup. And I and I teach you on campus because I think that's I think that's absolutely accurate. And I and I I don't fully see myself as a champion of mental health because you know I'm trying to decolonize. So how do you be the champion of something you're trying to decolonize? But I do feel like a lot of that came through that time when everybody was reading self help books, like late nineties two thousands of like just self help, self help, self help, mm-hmm. and this concept just got overutilized, overutilized, and the, and the responsibility of your wellness became solely on you, mm-hmm. as though environment and community and tribe and who you're around and what you're around and what your what your environment is, what your financial status is, like as though none of these things play a part in your wellness. Some are within your control and some are outside of it. But that self help during that phase just made it like if you're not feeling well. It's because of you and it's your problem and you're not doing self-care and self-care looks like this. And it it definitely made self-care feel like obligatory, but also like a prerequisite to me being able to even express that I'm feeling upset. If you, if I have it in my self-care, do I have a right to say I'm upset? And then people, I've seen people beat themselves up. I know better. I know I'm supposed to do this. I do that to myself. I was doing that today. Like, I know I'm not supposed to be eating this dairy, but you know, Mm -hmm. I have to separate out. Am I saying that because I'm feeling physically different or am I saying that because I'm shaming myself because it's not a part of my self-care to-do list, you know? Exactly. So let's talk about what self-care is. Because I know, you know, I get like riled up about this subject. Like, (laughs) I think I know that part of it is that I'm a naturally rebellious person. And so anytime it feels like groupthink to Mm -hmm. me, I'm just like, get that shit out of here. Like, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. But but then I had to wake up one day and be like, you need some (laughs) (laughs) self-care. You just don't need hashtag self-care. I don't know if I need hashtag self-care, but I had the homie be like, uh, you need to like take care of yourself first. Like you have a lot of children, you got a lot going on. Like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? So let's talk about Thea. Tell me about what is self-care? What does it even mean? If you look at it, like, um, from the clinical perspective, it's basically care that you can implement for yourself that doesn't require an outside provider. Mm-hmm. So even say if you go get a massage, you're not giving yourself the massage, but you have to do the work, you have to do the things to set up for you to go have the massage, right? And so when we talk about it in session, I usually talk about it from the framework of it's really valuing yourself and offering yourself some of the things you want other people to offer you. But I will say... I'm a therapist in a clinical setting to have that in-depth conversation and context. If you were to just see it, flashes of it, say on social media, of like this is what self-care is, you know, people would do like, you know, yoga, self-care, this self-care. They, they focus on specific activities of self-care and that is the action part of self-care, but there's definitely an intention and a mindset of understanding because if I'm just doing the thing to say I'm doing the thing and engaging in self-care, that's not enough. I have to really understand that my choice to get up in the morning and say work out, it has to be motivated by me wanting to feel good for me. Right. Right. Say that one more time, because I think that that's the key here, right? Like we can see a bubble bath. Let's take the bubble bath for Mm -hmm. example, (laughs) you know, like the uh, iconic Instagram bubble bath with the candles mm-hmm. and the hashtag self-care. Mm-hmm. What is separates that act mm-hmm. and true self-care to you? So the act alone, the, the bath 
is not going to do anything if your mind is racing a mile a minute. Mm. Prior to even getting in the bath, you've had to say, why am I running this bath? What would I like to experience while I'm in this bath? You know, I'm not just like picking some random scent, right? I'm not just picking a random colored candle, right? Because all these things have meaning to me. And so I'm more so, and this kind of bleeds into what we're, we're talking about too, is offering, worshiping myself. So sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm honestly tired and I'm like, I don't want to do this workout. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And instead of punishing myself, I say, okay, I hear you self. I hear you saying, you don't feel like <laughs> doing jump rope and weights to OT Genesis today. Okay. I'll be getting into money. Okay. Yeah. Everybody mad. <laughs> <laughs> they say I'm making too much money. Uh-oh. Everybody mad. Okay. That gets me going. Yeah, I feel So you. I say, no, today you feel like doing some yoga to Simply Beautiful by Al Green. And I give myself that offering instead. So it's not this pre-planned thing that I have to execute a certain way. That's what it becomes. And I've seen people come back to sessions shamefully, like, oh, I know I didn't. I know I was supposed to. I said, wait a minute. This is not supposed to be something that makes you feel even worse about yourself. It's supposed to be about pleasure. And Absolutely. I remember hearing um, this woman. She's a podcaster. Her name is Jessica Lively. And she introduced this concept in her to, in her life about self-pleasure, mm-hmm. you know, and that it wasn't about self-care. And I really, that's when I really started asking myself, mm-hmm. what are, what is my intention behind these things? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I actually like working out, you know, mm-hmm. that brings me a lot of pleasure. Yes. I don't like having to wake up at five o'clock right. in the morning to right. work out because that's the only time that's available in my day. Right. But I really love the feeling I feel when those endorphins Absolutely. get moving and that like all of the music and the music and and like all just all of that rushing through my body just feels amazing to me. Pleasurable. So pleasurable, such a high, it's a whole nother kind of orgasm, you know? And so I started thinking about what are those things that I can do daily, you know, because I, I, I have like little moments of self care for myself or self pleasure or what we've been calling self offering Mm -hmm. things that I offer to myself. Like, Okay, I'm gonna go over here to this shop, and I like these really beautiful little almonds that have all been skinned by mm-hmm. hand, and they have nice sea salt on them. Of course, and you I'm do. gonna eat them one by one, and like listen to this beautiful song that I love, you know, mm-hmm. and have that moment to myself. Yeah, have that moment of just honoring that that I'm here. Yeah, I want to talk about when it becomes an obstacle to joy. Okay. And I think part of it is in the word care, and that may be part of what we're talking about, because mm-hmm. care in this current society and framework implies an action or to do something for, which doing is a part of our problem. Right. We do a lot. Yeah. What we don't do, pardon that, <laughs> is receive and allow. Mm. So if we really want to look at self-care in a broader lens and the word care kind of brings our mind to a certain place. So if we say self-pleasure or self-offerings, which we've been saying, then we think more broadly about, it could be a moment I allow myself to enjoy something. It could be a moment that I um, 
allow myself to receive something. Mm. And those are self-care moments. Because remember, when we're talking about it, healing from a healing perspective, self-care isn't necessarily just about the body, which is so highly focused on. I think when you see the images of self-care, it's like yoga, hiking, it's not just about the body. It's really about training the mind to enjoy things again. Wow. It's really about retraining the mind. So uh, you get more out of it if you're allowing, allowing your partner to kiss you as opposed to be like, I got to go. I got things to do. Or allowing your children to make you laugh, even though you would have brushed them off. Or allowing yourself to pause and listen to a friend talk when instead of just rushing past into the next thing. Allowing yourself to take a long route home. Receiving a compliment from somebody without, you know, shutting it off. Receiving a gift from someone who's offering you something. Like that to me is does more for what the ultimate goal of self-care is, which is to say you're valuable. That is what the goal of self-care is supposed to be. You're valuable and you deserve to feel good. Right. So if I'm, if I'm beating myself up because I didn't make it to a yoga class or I'm beating myself up because I didn't eat the right thing, or I'm beating myself up because I have this particular self-care plan and I didn't stick to it, then, you know, that is not valuing and that is not allowing myself to feel good. That is contributing to the reasons I even said I needed self-care in the first Absolutely. place. Absolutely. And there are folks that I feel like are, have been on that path for a while. Like, So I think there is a point where it does become self-indulgent, where you mm. forget that you are a self, a part of a community of people. Mm. So while you're, while you're saying, mm. I, I have value, you have to also think like, the other people around me have value too. Yeah. And and it's so easy to inherit stories that say women were always giving to everyone, mm-hmm. no one ever gives to us. Mm-hmm. So I have just to give to myself mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. to the point where now you're ignoring your children. Mm-hmm. Now you're not listening to mm-hmm. your partner. Now you're you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like yeah. now you're not being really present when that yeah. friend is talking yeah. and you're and you're not listening. Yeah, you know? because the goal is and I don't, this is for me when i when i engage in self offerings i do so very clearly to myself with the hope of being able to spill over and give to others like i i don't want to give to people out of a worn out cup right not I, out of I, deficit yeah i don't want to do that and so part of my motivation for taking care of myself is so that i can offer more to other people and i think that's okay for me that feels okay because because they're connected and I'm acknowledging that connection. So mm-hmm. like me taking care of myself is the best way at times for me to take care of the people around me because I'm not giving them the scraps and the leftovers anymore. I'm giving them from a, we're all pulling from a full cup. But I do think like what happens is that narrative that you talked about, we fall into it so easily because we're also not trained to talk about what we need. And when we don't voice what we need, then we're mad that we're not getting the needs met. Right. And then that anger turns into, I'm the only one who X, Y, and Z. I mean, I've been, been guilty of saying this myself. And and what ends up happening is we're blaming other people for how we feel when the reality is we're the only ones responsible for making us feel that way in the first place. And that's what I've had to... Somebody told me, when you find yourself saying you, you, you a lot, you should just change it out for I. I feel the most unappreciated by my family when I've treated myself in an unappreciative way. I feel the most neglected by my family when I've neglected myself. Like I've noticed this connection so much, 
so consistently. And and I do want to acknowledge there is like I feel it. There is a guilt. There is a shame. There mm-hmm. there it, there I do have those feelings come up for me when I'm like, oh, I want to go get my nails done, mm-hmm. or I want to go have lunch with a friend, mm-hmm. or I just I want to do something that has nothing to do with making mm-hmm. money or right. nurturing another human yeah. being. Yep. I just want to do, I just want to go in the movie. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go with you. And that's I don't valid. Go, and I just want to do that. And then I'll feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, like. I shouldn't feel that way. I, yeah, mm-hmm. Why do I want to be by myself? Yeah. You know, but like asking for what I need saying like, Hey, I'm the kind of person that I'm, I'm more restored when I have time alone. Yeah. And yep. so I need this yep. time alone, yep. whether that's a trip to Target yeah. or that's, and to me, it's it's less about that hashtag and yeah. really about saying, okay, I have these needs that need to be met. Yeah. And I know that I'm in charge of meeting my own needs. Yeah. If I make you in charge of it, like, we, yeah. we just going to beef. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I'm in charge of meeting these needs. If I'm feeling lonely this why am I, I'm, I need the time to yeah. explore my own loneliness. I need the time to explore my own anger yeah. or my own sadness, whatever is coming up for me. Yeah. And that can be... In meditation, there was there was something, you know, uh, I said something to my partner like, you know, sometimes I see you meditating and I feel jealous. Mm. I feel resentful, like, oh, he's meditating and I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, when I'm done meditating and you want to meditate, just because, cause, you know, he, he's a masculine. So he's. Mm. He's just gonna sit down and do whatever he wants yeah. to do. He's yeah. good. I think it never the, occurred to him. Yeah, to. I think masculine energy is is much more like I'm gonna take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm gonna get my needs met. Mm-hmm. Right. I noticed For that. Sure. And I'm not saying I'm not like in a binary. I'm yeah. just saying like masculine folks. Energy, right. Yeah, masculine energy leans more towards getting their needs met, yeah. and feminine energy more leads towards like meeting the needs of others. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's like, if that's what you want to do. Just say, I want to meditate now too. And then I'll make sure everybody's cool. Cause that's what I want you to do. I want you to, that's, mm-hmm. I want you to meditate. Yeah, yeah. You'll be a better human being. Yeah. That's more the biggest thing I want for you in yeah. life. I'm good. But he's like, I'm going to meditate. Right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, don't you worry about like something the kids might. And he's like, no, they right there. I can still hear. Mm-hmm. They're safe. Mm-hmm. Everything's baby proofed. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you so worried about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's to me, like me realizing like, oh, I'm creating obstacles for myself. Yeah. You know, because I feel like when we when people are talking about self-care a lot of times, it's like nobody's going to do this for us. Yes. Yes. But I don't always feel that way. I think a lot of times people want us to be be good. I think they want us to, but I think it doesn't occur to them to. uh, So for like that feminine energy like you're talking about, it's it's literally second nature to inquire and ask and assess about the needs of others. That is not always the, not only for masculine energy, but for children energy. Children, <laughs> children the world revolves children around are the children. Self centered. They, they do not even on the planet. Think, I mean, if you got a child oh that check in on you, bless your soul. I do. Bless your soul. I bless do. your soul. I do have Mine one. On I have occasion. one out of three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about the right odds. It, it, it'll, it'll, or they'll trade off. You know, but, um, but it isn't natural. It isn't. I won't. It's just not common for you know these other factors, whether they be like masculine energy or whether it be um, um, children, to inquire about your well-being the way that it's it's natural for for us to do it on a regular basis. So 
for me, I mean, I don't say it in like a mean, bitter way like that. They're not going to give you. But the truth is they won't give you what you don't ask for. That is the truth. Like they're not going to do it unless you say, I need this Mm -hmm. and this is why I need it. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not negotiable. So I've explained to my family, like, I just, it's not about you. It's not personal. I just, I do, I refresh and recharge, like you said, by myself sometimes. I just need to be able to sit and not have any conversations and just kind of let it be. And they're like, oh, cool. But I didn't know to have that conversation first before. I didn't know to communicate that. I thought, oh, they're going to think this and they're going to feel this. And so where they're waiting, like, we'll just ask for it. We're feeling like you don't really have to ask because I, I ask if you need this or that. Right. Part of us wants that back, but also we have to come to reality and realize that's not happening. So you have to communicate what you need. Um, and, and that goes into like more so valuing yourself as opposed to like, Oh, just caring for yourself. Like, I feel like that I feel like my issue with self-care it's, 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 it's basic. Okay. It's basic. It's limited. It's not the scope. The scope is valuing. That it doesn't speak to the heart of why we even talked about self care. We talked about it so that people could value, restore, assess their own needs and well and and wellness. And we've gotten far away from that. And now it's just been like acts of things we can hashtag. So let's talk about self offering. Yes. We've mentioned that word a couple of times. We should go into it a little bit more. Let's go into it a bit, a bit more. So I was on, you know, somebody's Hotep um, Aye. Instagram. Aye. And she down. said, don't call me a goddess if you bring me no offering. And I said, you know what? I like it. I like it. I like, like it. if I'm going to call myself a goddess, right. what am I offering myself? If I know that I'm a soul... What am I offering my soul on a daily basis? Right. If I'm not only if I if I love my body, if I say that I love myself, what am I giving to myself on a daily basis? And I really started thinking about that. Yeah. So um, there's something that I learned about this kind of self offering, and that was from you. When we lived together, <laughs> there was a time when you decided there were two things that you did back okay, then. Two. That, I'm two excited. that taught me about self care, but as a self offering. Okay. First, you had this whole thing about bringing yourself flowers. Yeah. And I had never seen a woman do this before. Yeah. In my mind, flowers were only a romantic gesture. Yeah. If someone loved you, they brought you flowers. That's just what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a romantic. There were red roses. I mean, I was completely brainwashed by like <laughs> white supremacies. <laughs> and every notion. rom-com featuring <laughs> yeah. any random white person. Yes, yes. Yes. I was completely brainwashed. This was not an African or indigenous concept right. of love. No. But I started seeing you bring yourself fresh yeah. flowers all the time. I saw you taking yourself out on dates. I did. I, I was like, what is she I doing? Did. I did. What is she, who takes herself out? And I, I am an amazing date. <laughs> I was, and I saw you changing. Yeah. I saw you go from having more of a darkened kind of internal, like flower before it blooms to just starting to just be sexy. Mm. I was like, okay, okay. That's so- how it is. Okay, sexy Thea. That's because like I was bringing offerings to my own altar. Like we, 
we are shrines. We are altars. And I mean, you can think about this however you want, but the reality all comes back to the same thing. We all hold heaven within ourselves. We all hold this. And so many times that feminine energy is waiting for someone to bring the offerings to it. And something a friend told me was like, well, people are only attracted to things other people want. Right. And I wasn't behaving like I wanted myself. Mm. You know, I was behaving like I wanted to be wanted. Right. And so the flowers, which was so much fun to me because, and it felt like so special. And it's weird. I can't even explain it because like it was something I looked forward to doing. And it was something that like when I saw them, every time I saw them around my house, like I knew I was wanted. Mm. Um, and this the same thing with, um, you know, just like, I did the same thing with panties. Remember that? I do. I remember I had an amazing <gasps> panty collection. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and I realized you I had to throwing moment. it down on in panties. I was. I spent $1,000 in panties <laughs> in a year. And I remember the, the logic was, if the first thing you put on every day is not about you, then how... Mm. That dictates how the rest of the day is going to go. If we pick out underwear according to who we think going to look at them. If we think nobody's going to look at them, then we throw on some raggedy ones or whatever the case may be. And it's like, but I'm a no, and I'm going to see. And like maybe just walking around in these Brazilian tangas with okay. the with the red trim. <laughs> maybe just like when something's getting on my nerves that day, I'm like, but bitch, you don't even know what kind of panties I got. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't that really that... That really did, you know, that was a self-offering for real. That was like, irregardless of who's going to see it or not see it, like, I need to know. Yeah. I, I have on a I mean, beautiful pair. I've seen them panties you bought. You see? I, mean, I didn't I would, see you no, in them. But I would be like, no, come look. And it was like, they were all laid out in my drawer. And you know, I was like envious. Like, damn. <laughs> this was when I'm I was on, working. I'm on unemployment. <laughs> I can't afford these panties. They got these panties at Ross. They got these <laughs> They got these pennies. They have a version. I'm sure they had a version. You know, I went to Marshall's looking for them lace tonga tangas. Tangas, man. Them Brazilian tangas were so amazing. And then the other thing you taught me with with self-care and self-offering was about treat day. Treat day. Let me tell y'all, okay. Oh, my God. I was on unemployment. Living my life. (laughs) Living your life. Smoking, drinking. Having fun. (sighs) Making music. Going on tour. It was great. I was enjoying myself. But I was broke. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't like being broke. I like nice things. Right? So, Thea, on the other hand, she had a job. Now, she Mm -hmm. had some kids. She was married. She had some children. I had responsibilities. She had a lot of responsibilities. But she had a little something called treat day. And on treat day, day. that's when Thea would treat herself. And she would say, I'm going to treat you, too. Yes. I'm going to treat you like I treat me. Like I treat me. And I was like, okay. This is how you treat you? I would call a friend. (laughs) Typically, it was either Noni or our our other friend, Crystal, would be the two I probably called the most. Mainly because I knew both of them was living that same kind of life. What they were like, like in that entertainment. Struggle. Yeah, it was just like, but also that meant they were available because they weren't at work. (laughs) Absolutely. We were were available anytime. So I would call Noni and be like, hey, no. She'd be like, hey, what's going on? I'd be like, it's treat day and nobody would lose her. Yes, <laughs> treat day, treat day. 
And so treat day usually began with us like going to get something to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't looking at the cause. We were just like, let's eat something good. What Mm -hmm. we need? Treat day was completely unscripted. Anything could happen on treat day. Yeah, anything could happen. And whatever I got, the other person got. Like if I got a book, they got a book. If I got panties, they got panties. Whatever. I got, and it was just great because you would see the first, my friend. And I'd be like, I hope she gets something right now because <laughs> I hope this bitch gets something. Ooh, right now, like, we I in the shoe this, store. I this. hope she wants some shoes. It was just like, I don't, and now that is an important piece because that, I don't know, it was, it's it's great. This goes back to what you're talking about being self-indulgent or selfish with self-care. It is great to take care of yourself, but it's more fun mm-hmm. when there's like a friend there because yeah. I enjoyed that day so much more than if I had just done all that stuff by myself, which I mean, sometimes that's okay. But like being like, hey, boo, today we're going to be like queens and we just rode. I would call in sick to work. Yes. And we were just... The whole, because I'd have to pick up the kids till like six. Fuck that job. Nobody even knew where we. Nobody even knew I didn't go to work. Remember, like, nobody even knew. And you know what? I always fuck that job. Fuck that job. I said that all the time. <laughs> but it was your job that was saying. <laughs> my job sustaining treat day. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, treat day. God, God bless it. God bless it. We got to get back God, on God that. God bless it. That, this is this is the first hashtag. Hashtag treat. Hashtag day. treat day. Hashtag self offering. And so with I, friends. So I, you know, I'm all about all of these different things. Anything that people want to do that is about, you know, hashtag self care. I think it's really more about what we've talked about. It's about the intention. Yeah. I think the intention is what makes it an offering. That intention to say that I am valued. I am. And but I'm also a valuable part yeah. of a community. Yeah, you know. And don't let don't let the doing of self care become an obstacle to the enjoying of self care. Like I said, yeah. self care has to be flexible. So I work with students, and we can a self care plan for me is pretty generic. It's like, what do you like to do, and how can we do that more? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe in the summer, like they got plenty of time to do that. Once the semester starts, that changes. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. We flex with it. So the self-care plan was 60 minutes. Now it's 20, but we getting it in. Like it's all good. Like right. be flexible with it and don't let the doing or the checking it off of your list of things to do um, become an obstacle to enjoying it because you don't, self-care and checking it off is not a prerequisite to you being able to be um, validated for you're being tired, you're being um, sad, you're being angry. You can be all those things even even if you haven't checked off the self-care box. Now, I might say, well, when is the last time you took a long nap? When's the last time mm-hmm. you went for a walk by yourself to clear your mind? I'm going to tie that thing to a reason for doing that. Do you that say like, when's the last time you masturbated? Do you say that in a session or is that you know, inappropriate? I have had moments. <laughs> when I, when sometimes I've people had, just need okay, a good... During breakup recovery, because I do like this whole breakup recovery process with my clients, right? right? It's like a 90-day plan. It's real. It's very mm. real. We'll talk about that one day. I love that. And so usually around the six-month mark, you know, they start getting pretty antsy. And I'm like, yeah, okay, we need to talk about... How are we going to deal with certain natural desires <laughs> now that you're six months out? And they're like, oh, my God. You start God. talking like an auntie voice. I just, we, we have to address. The natural We have to, we have to address 
the elephant in the room. You ain't got none in six months. Hey. That's a thing. We have to acknowledge that that's hey. a thing. I think that masturbation, like, yeah. I think orgasms are, like, peak. Yeah. Peak self-offering. Yeah. Peak yeah. self-care. Like, yeah. get it in. Yeah. Yeah. Get it in. Yeah. Masturbate even without an orgasm. Yeah. Masturbate. I mean, because to me, that's also the thing, right? Masturbate because it's fun. Because it's fun. Masturbate and stop before you orgasm. Yeah. Please, your, please yourself without the orgasm. There's so many levels. There's so many levels. There's, There's so, so many, many things. There's so many ways you can worship yourself. Hashtag self-offering masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> On many levels. <laughs> many levels. So as we wrap up here, we're going to talk about some words from the heart. Um, I'll start. Mm-hmm. My word from the heart this week is really simple. It's um, be present, mm. be here. You know, I found myself this week in the middle going to do something I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I actually made the conscious decision to distract myself mm-hmm. while I did it. I'm like, okay, while I'm there, I'm going I'm to watch this thing. I'm going to watch a show. On my phone Mm -hmm. While I'm doing this thing I don't want to do And I was like Damn Like you really are making The conscious decision You don't want to do it so much That you're making A conscious decision To not be present Yeah And then um, Once I got there And started doing that thing I didn't want to do And then I was distracting myself I was like I'm not even here Yeah Like let me just Fully be See what this even is Let me sink into this moment That sucks Yeah so I don't ever have to be here again. Right. So I can do it right. So okay. I could, let me give all that I got to this moment. Yeah. Let me put down everything and just look at the person that I'm talking to or observe what's going on. Yeah. And I found the more present I became, the more like um, things started opening up. Yeah. Little pockets of mercy. Yeah. You know, started just revealing mm. themselves to me. And I said, oh, this is working for me. I'm I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. And so I started like being more present when I was talking to my partner, being more present when I was talking to my children mm-hmm. and just a, the kind of listening that says, I just think you are just so yummy. Mm-hmm. Like I just, mm-hmm. I'm just really into you mm-hmm. and just really enjoying, mm-hmm. not showing the other person right. that I'm enjoying and not, a, right. not an, I'm enjoying your performance, mm-hmm. but I am enjoying this moment. I'm so present here. I am here right now with yeah. you. Yeah. So that's that's my words from the heart this week. It it was really brought me into peace and out of that kind of like com- conflict and contrast that I was experiencing. My uh words from the heart is I would love for you. I'm big on a, I'm big on homework. So I would love for you to offer yourself a treat day full of self-offerings. And this doesn't have to be um, financial. It doesn't have to require a lot of money. But if you feel so inclined, and as Noni and I demonstrated, it can be really awesome to invite a friend who needs some self-offering time into that process mm-hmm. um, and to enjoy that together. Like, like we deserve this. Like, mm-hmm. we should, you know, like, to really feel um, adored by the self, you know. You could also take a page out of our book, buy some panties. <laughs> Buy some fresh flowers. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do, but the point that we're trying to make, um, especially, you know, in wrapping up is just that if you're not enjoying it, if it's become a task, if it's become uh, a hashtag for you only, then you're not 
following the intention of it. You should be enjoying it. You should be becoming more edified and more available to the world around you through whatever you're self-offering. Uh, rest in peace, self-care <laughs> strategy may be. <laughs> it's been a great talk. Thanks, y'all. A Thank special you. shout out to um, Amarosa. Of course. <laughs> Was a part of my wellness plan this weekend. So that makes it her dropping that. them tapes. Yo, that bitch got some self care strategies. I want to know, right? What is she doing? I mean, you know, right now she's winning, and I think that makes her feel better. Hashtag self offer. Peace, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>